You are listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured sermon of the week. I want to speak to all those that, for some reason, that little phrase, Mother's Day, brings you pain. If it's um, a bad relationship with your own mother, maybe she is uh, not on the earth anymore and you're sad that she's not here. Um, Maybe you're a mother who's lost a child. Um, You're a woman who wants to be a mom. So for all those that Mother's Day brings a little pain into your life, I want you to know that God is not far away from the heart of a mother. Jesus once spoke in terms of a mother. He was looking out over the city of Jerusalem, and he knew that Jerusalem was going to be destroyed about 70 years after his resurrection. And as he looked over Jerusalem, he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I wish that I could gather you together as a hen gathers her chicks. So that is the heart of God. He, he is in our pain. He bore our sorrow. So I pray for you today, if that's you, that the Lord would bring um, the healing that only he can into your heart, into those areas. So <clears throat> a few years back, um, about five years ago, we were at another church. We were doing a one of those Saturday work days. Have you all ever done one of those where you like go to the church and you like wipe everything down, and you scrub everything? <laughs> Great idea, Pastor Josh says. He will get sign-ups later. <laughs> um, so I was there and I was working alongside a mom. So at that time, our two youngest sons were about 13 and 14. And this lady had two little sons. They were close in age. I would say something like three and five or four and five. And I don't know what kind of morning she had had that morning, but my two sons come over and they were going to ask me something. You know, that's what kids do, right? Mom. <laughs> so mom, whatever, they asked me something and, and they left. I couldn't tell you what they said to me or what I said to them. But what I remember is she looks over at me, very serious. And she said, I hope that when my children are your children's age, that they talk to me and respect me and love me the way that your children do you. So I said to her without thinking, you tell them that they will. Today, the title of my message is The Power of a Mother's Voice. So before I start, I want to say one thing. As I put this message together, which I really do feel was the the heart of the Lord to share today, I'm not going to be addressing any female, you know, characters in the Bible or, you know, there's a lot of amazing women in the Bible that I would certainly love to do a study on and have studied. But as I found myself writing this, I'm referencing Father God. And you may say, well, that's kind of odd for Mother's Day, Linday. But ladies, really, it's not. Because the first point that we need to really realize is that God made male and female in his image. In the image of God, he created them both. And so, mothers, ladies, we carry the nature of God. The unique ways that we have our femininity, they came from God. God is a nurturer. God is the one that brings forth life, and he has given us that ability, and that is from him. So he is the perfect father. He's the perfect one. If I want to learn how to mother, I'm going to look at my father God, because in both, he has both today. So we're going to talk about Father God some today as we move forward, talking about the power of a mother's voice. So some examples of the voice in the scripture. In the Garden of Eden, it says in Genesis 3, 8, 
Adam and Eve heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the cool of the day. They heard a voice walking. Interesting. When God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and he brings them to the foot of Mount Sinai to give them the law and to make a covenant with them, something incredibly important, this is what the scripture says in Exodus. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceedingly loud so that all the people that were in the camp trembled. So they heard the voice. And then when the father says, okay, I've got to send my son Jesus. It's time for him to come to the earth to do his mission. He sends John the Baptist, his cousin, ahead of him. And what does John the Baptist say of himself? I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. And then the apostle Paul, probably the most influential Christian of all times, When he needed to meet the Lord and encounter him, he goes to Damascus. And many times we think because of the pictures that he sees Jesus, but that's not what the scripture says. It says he saw a light. I fell into the ground and I heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is God's voice that directs the world as we know it. As believers, it's his written word and it's his right now word to us that shapes our very lives. There is power in a voice. So oftentimes when we go through this, we talk about, okay, there's life and death is in the power of the tongue. And we talk about not speaking negatively. Absolutely. But church, let's put the elementary things aside. We should know we shouldn't be speaking death. Today we want to talk about how do we speak life? How are we going to shape our children's lives with our very words? Because as women, God has made us co-laborers, right, in this world. He says, okay, I I have the male, but I need the female because I need somebody that's going to bring forth life into the earth, right? So he's made our bodies to bring forth life, but ladies, he has made your voice to bring forth life. So just like God communed with Adam and Eve in the garden with his voice, Moms, we commune with our children every day through our voice. Just like the children of Israel heard the voice of God thundering as he brought down the law, sometimes our kids need to hear the thunder when we bring down the law in our house. Anybody, any other mothers do that? Yeah, I had to, sometimes you got to bring down the law and it's going to thunder a little bit. That's fine. That's okay. God did it too. Just like John the Baptist came to prepare the way for the Messiah, and he was the voice of one in the wilderness. Moms, we have to prepare our children for the world that they live in through the power of our voice every day. And lastly, just like it was the voice that Paul heard that turned his life around and brought him salvation. Moms, you have the power of the voice of God speaking through you to direct your children unto salvation to the Lord. Moms, there's power in your voice. The definition of power is the ability to influence others and their actions. I don't know about you, but every time I see the word influence now, it goes ding, 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 ding. Because now we live in a world where like that's a job, (laughs) is to influence. Power in its essence is the ability to make something move. You get into your car to start it, there's no battery, there's no alternator, there's no power. You can have your car 
but it's not gonna move. Power makes things move. So moms, today I wanna tell you that it's not social media, the movies, their friends, some crazy curriculum at school, or even their music that has the power that you do to influence your children. You have greater power than these things to influence your children with your voice. Now, can these things influence your children? Yeah. And are they designed to influence your children? Yeah, they are. Thank you, Jenny. <laughs> are they designed to influence your children? Yes, they are. Will they take our place? Yes, if we let them. If we let them. Our voice must speak louder, more steadfast, and with more power than the voice of the world. We have the power of God living inside of us. This is that all this negative stuff, that's the devil's playground, but his voice is not as powerful as God's voice. We carry God's voice. Deuteronomy 6, uh, 6 and 7, it says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. The truth is, moms, the moment that God put that baby inside of you, the moment that you married their dad, the moment that you said yes to adoption, to foster care, the moment that you said yes, God appointed you. And we have to understand as believers the power of an appointment from God, <laughs> okay? Because when he appoints, appointment means determined ahead of time. So God determined all these things ahead of time. No children are by chance. That's what the world says. Come on. That's not what God says. Your, your children were appointed to you, okay? And so what we need to understand is when you're appointed to something, God couples that with power and authority. Power to make things move and authority is the legal right to do so. That's what you have, moms. That's what you have. Jesus, it says that when he um, called the apostles up, he says he appointed the 12 and then he gave them power and authority and he sent them out. And moms, that's what you have for your children. You have the power of the voice of God to speak to your children, to make things move in their lives. That's good news. That's good news. And the reason why I feel like the Lord really wants this message is because, moms, we get overwhelmed. Because the voice of the world is loud. It is so loud, and it is so persistent. And it can be so easy to just be like, Ugh. But I want you to feel the power of God that's in you today because he's appointed you. And I want you to walk in that place. You know, it's like when you do spiritual warfare, it's like the warfare is to stand in the place that God has given you and to not move. So moms, that's what you have to do. Stand in the place that God has given you. Don't move. So you might be thinking at this moment, wow, this is not the Mother's Day message I was anticipating. <laughs> This lady's serious. <laughs> but we live in a world where we're contending. Whether we want to admit it or not, we are, we are and we should be contending for our children. 
that's what mothering is. We are contending. Honestly, sometimes I picture it as a, as a wrestling match. <laughs> I'm holding on to you and I want you to hold on to me and we're going to figure this thing out together. And this thing that I'm figuring out is how we're all going to know Jesus in the end. <laughs> okay. So no sunshine, rainbows and butterflies. Today, we're going to be empowered to speak with the voice of God over our children's lives. Thank you. Because the truth is we will never use a power that we do not know we possess. And you know why we need to know this? Because there's a usurper at work in the earth today. He's a usurper. You know what that means? He wants to take your place. He wants to take your place, moms. Do not allow him. Stand in the place and the appointment that God has given you and use the authority of heaven that you have in your voice to speak life over your children every single day. The power that God has given us as believers is not just for the day of Pentecost. It is not just so that we can speak in tongues. It is not just so that we can lay hands on the sick. Yes, we want to do all those things, but the power that God has given us is for our everyday lives. Moment by moment, God, I don't know what to do with these kids, but you do help me now. I'm serious. I'll tell you one example, and this is um, my one son, Luke, when he was a, he was a little baby. He was two. One, well, one and two, he hated having his hair washed. And he would cry and cry and cry and cry. He's not here today, so Luke, if you're watching me, I'm sorry. He said, Mom, how many times are you going to throw me under the bus? <laughs> but I'm just going to give you an example of power, okay? It actually was very traumatic. Like, I laugh about it. It was very traumatic. He got very upset when I would try to wash his hair. I think he thought I was trying to drown him. Like, I'm serious. Like, we don't realize that sometimes the things that we think are everyday regular, that actually they could be, like, scary to our kids. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, what, how am I going to get this boy's hair washed? I, in my ex-life, was a hairdresser, so it's very important to me to have clean hair, okay? <laughs> the Lord said, sing over him while you wash his hair. I sang over him. He never cried again. I could give you example after example after example. God, I don't know what to do. If I have time, I'm going to share a testimony at the end of this. God, I don't know what to do. He will tell you. That is the power of God at work in our lives. Moms, you have power in your voice. So today for the remainder of the message, I want to talk to you about two areas where you can use your voice with power. And the first is speaking identity. If you did a survey with all the Christian leaders across America, well, probably the globe, and you said, what, what's the number one issue that the church and the world are facing today? I bet they would say identity. Okay? Identity creates the lens through which we see the world. Identity creates the foundation upon our lives that we stand on. When our children know who they are, their lives will not be easily shaken with the shifting sands of culture. As mothers, this is one of our most important jobs, is to speak identity into our children. I'm going to go practical first, and then I'm going to go spiritual, because why not? <laughs> Practically, and I'm serious about this, and this is very important. I hope there's parent, a lot of parents here with little kids especially. From the beginning, affirm your child's gender. 
Affirm your child's gender. Tell them the unique and the wonderful things about their gender that God created them for. Celebrate masculinity. Celebrate femininity. And don't let the world put you in a box. Go to the scripture. If you don't know what biblical masculinity and biblical femininity looks like, that's okay. God knows, and you know him. Go to him and ask him, and he will show you, and then you tell your children. See, we have not because we ask not. We have not because we're not seeking the Lord. When we seek him, we will find him. And you need to tell your children, God made you a woman and women are awesome. God made you a man and men are awesome. And together you create the image of God and he's given you dominion on this earth. And he wants you to, all my children, they've always heard, so all my boys, I have three boys and one girl. You are going to have an amazing husband. My daughter has an amazing husband. Prophecy fulfilled. To my sons, God's going to give you an amazing wife. We got one. We're going to get two more. That's just how it's going to be. I want you to um, encourage their godly characteristics. Encourage their godly characteristics in their life. Man, you... Some kids, they just tell the truth really easily, like highlight that. Like, wow, you always tell the truth. That's phenomenal. God's made you a truth teller. And then I want you to highlight the unique ways that God has made your children, their gifts and their talents. Call them forth. Build them up. If you have multiple children, don't ever do the comparison game. No gift, no talent is more important than the other. They're all the same because they're all from the Father. Build them up, call them out. Don't let your words for your children be based solely upon what you see. Tell them what you're not seeing. It's called prophesying over your kids. <laughs> Sometimes we're like, whoa, Bible says we should all prophesy. I want to practice prophesying. I'll tell you where you practice prophesying. Prophesy over your kids at home. <laughs> Start prophesying over them. If you have one that maybe has a problem with lying, God's called you to tell the truth all the time. God's going to watch them. They will, all, they will start telling the truth all the time. I promise you. Prophesy over your kids. Tell them who God has called them to be. Not what they're doing, who God says that they're called to be. Uh, the Apostle Paul did this in 1 Corinthians. Um, you know, the church in Corinth, man, they were just really kind of, well, they just lived in a bad lifestyle, and there was all sexual immorality, all this stuff. Paul addresses that stuff. And I'm not saying as parents we should not address things that we see that are not good. We absolutely should. But they do not define our children. They do not define. My sin does not, or my children's sin does not define them. And it will never define them. Not from my lips. But what Paul did when he writes to the church at Corinth, even though they were kind of a hot mess is what we would call them, he doesn't say, hey, you adulterers and you silly heads and you liars and you cheats. He doesn't say that to them. What is, this is how he starts his letter. He says, Paul says, and you are called saints because the grace of God has been given to you. You've been enriched in everything and you will come short of no gift. That's what Paul was saying to the church at Corinth. That's what we need to do with our children when we're seeing things that we don't want to see. We serve a God of Romans 4 that calls things that are not as though they were. You want to see things in your children? Speak them to your children. Call them out to your children, and you will. I'm sorry, Luke. I have another story of him. <laughs> I could tell many stories, but a couple years ago, <clears throat> he, he wasn't um, living the life that he should, and he knew it, and I knew it, and Chris knew it. And, and um, he looked at me one day, and... He's so sincere. He says, Mom, 
you and dad always tell me that you're proud of me. And I don't know what you're proud of me for. I said, wow, it's a good thing you, you asked me that, son, because I'm going to tell you what I'm proud of you for. And then I began to speak to his character and the nature that God has given him. I said, Luke, God has called you to be a shepherd. He's given you compassion in your heart. When you walk into a room, you care about what everybody is going on with everybody. He's called you kind. Look how kind you are. You use your words carefully. I just began to declare over him all of the things that God has put in him. Woo! His whole countenance changed, and that's the man he is today, <laughs> by the grace of God. We must speak identity into our children. Let's dive a little deeper. There was the practical. Let's go spiritual. Two times we see in the scripture God speaks to Jesus in the audible voice. So the Father's voice comes down out of heaven. Ooh, wouldn't that be so cool to hear that? What did he say to Jesus? Did he say, hey, guys, watch Jesus. He's going to do some really cool, amazing miracles. Did he say, oh, that's Jesus. I sent him to be Savior. Did he say those things? No. What did he do? He spoke of the essence of who Jesus is. See, sometimes we make the mistake of building our children's identity on the things that they're good at and the things that they do. And though I did just say you can highlight their unique gifts and talents, I believe you should, that cannot be the core and the foundation of who you tell them that they are. Because little Johnny, who's really great at soccer or football or basketball, or Mary, who's great at dancing, one day you turn 30 and you can't do those things anymore. <laughs> and then who am I? No, those things that we're good at can't be the foundation of our identity. So I'm, I want to go deeper, right? The word is deep. Let's go deeper. Who is the What is the true foundation that we should be speaking into our children? True identity is the essence of who you are if you could do nothing. What did the Father say to Jesus at the two most critical times in his life, at the beginning of his ministry and right before his death? What did he say? This is my son. This is my son. This is my son. Sometimes, moms, the greatest thing you can do is to pull your children, no matter how young or old, as close as you can to them, look them in the eye, say, you are my son. You are my daughter. I truly believe that identity is imparted. And when we connect our children with our heart that you are mine, see, they are. They are our DNA walking around. That's God's design. Because who is going to tell them who they are? The one who they came from, who knows who I am. I can tell you who you are. You are mine. It is a connectivity. That is why the world always wants to separate us from our children, to pull them away, because we are the ones who will tell them who they are. So how do you tell your children who they are? You teach them how to be a son and how to be a daughter in your house. What does being a son and a daughter look like in your house? Is it that, okay, I made a mistake, I can receive correction and then I can move on in love? Is it that I'm not judged by my sin? Is it that I hear life from my mom and dad all the time. You see, we are representing the Father every single day to our children. And we're not parenting them 
to like, let's be honest, sometimes I think I did this at the beginning. I had my kids. I'm like, I want to have kids because that's just what you do. And they're super cute. <laughs> and then you have them. And you're like, dang, that's a lot of work. <laughs> and then you keep having more and you're like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> we got to get a vision of why we have children. Why do we even have these kids? <laughs> like, honestly, why do we have them? Pastor Mark's like, yeah, why? <laughs> he knows why. It's about sons and daughters for the kingdom. We're raising sons and daughters. So that is why we must impart the identity of that you are a son, you are a daughter. So we show them that by the way that we parent them, and we show them that by the way that we live as a child of God. I think one thing that a lot of parents do is they kind of put a little bit of a wall up between them and their kids. And I, I understand why. It's because you don't want your kids to necessarily see all of your weakness. You don't want them to see it if you struggle. And I'm not about, like, you know, befriending your kid and, like, you're my best friend. Let me tell you all the problems. I'm not saying that. But what I am trying to say is that we need to still let our, our kids have an entrance into our heart so that they can see, like, mom is struggling with this. And then I talked to Jesus, and this is what Jesus told me about it. Mom had sinned, and she confessed, and God forgave her. Mom reaches to Jesus every single day, see me sitting on that couch reading the Bible, because I need Jesus. We let them see, I am a daughter. You watch me be a daughter, and then you'll know how to be one yourself. You watch me be a child of God, and then you'll know how to be a child of God. We are imparting identity, and it is one of our main jobs, and this is what we need to do. Church family, we need to say, I know who I am, so I can tell you who you are. You're a child of God. So mothers, there's power in your voice. You have power to influence your children. You have power to make things move in their lives. Don't let anyone take your place. You have power to speak identity. You have power to show identity. And the last point that I want to share with you is that you have power in prayer. You have power in prayer. Most of the prayer that we do as parents is intercessory in nature. And inter intercession means there's a gap, right? And then we're going to put ourselves in the gap. And here's the gap. It, the gap is this is the way things are. This is the way things God wants them to be. And we stand in the middle and we're pulling it together. That's intercessory prayer that we're praying for our children. And I want to speak especially to the, well, this is to all moms, but maybe more to moms that have younger kids. I'm convinced, and that this is from experience, <laughs> that one of the reasons why we don't pray as much as we should is because we deal with, in our minds, Mom guilt, worry, and fear over our kids. Mom guilt. Never do enough. I didn't do this right. I didn't do that right. We got mom guilt, worry. Oh, my gosh, what if this happens? What if that happens? And this could happen and this can happen. It's like it tries to consume our minds when prayer should be consuming our minds. And so, moms, what I want you to do today is next time you feel mom guilt, you need to stand back. See, we have the ability to look, in, look outside and say, okay, this is the thought that I'm having. Stand back. Look at that thought and tell that thought of mom guilt, worry, or fear over your kids, you are my enemy, and I don't like you, and you're getting out of my brain so I can pray and talk to God about my kids. <laughs> I'm serious, because the point of mom guilt, the point of fear and worry and anxiety over our children, it's to make us parent from those places. 
If you parent from those places, you're parenting that right into your kids. I'm sorry to say it. Parent from a place of power and the presence of God. And then you get into prayer. You do what you need to do. Man, moms, you're tough. Come on. We can't let the world be louder than us. We can't let what is ours be stolen from us. We got to fight for our kids. So I, gave, I have a little list. Um, these are things that I pray for my children. Um, I pray a lot of other things, obviously, protection, all those things. But I, I thought, I'd, let me give you a list of things maybe you don't think about praying for your kids. And I pray them as, it's kind of like you uh, take your medicine as needed, <laughs> as needed. Um, one of the things I pray for, have prayed for my children is I ask the Lord to forgive their sins. Do you know that you can do that? You can ask the Lord to forgive the sins of your children. If you know the sins, name them. If you don't, that's okay. Just still ask the Lord to forgive them of their sins. Because the thing about sin is it hardens us from the Lord. And it continually blinds us. And so if you're praying for your children to see God, to see the Lord, to come to salvation, to see truth, whatever, experience him, pray and ask the Lord, forgive them of their sins. Cleanse them in your blood so that your word can have entrance into their hearts. Okay, another thing that I pray for my children very often is I pray that God would have mercy over their lives. You know, when I was a younger Christian, I uh, heard a mature Christian say to me one time, they were like, yeah, I'm just praying for God to have mercy in my life. And I was like, oh my gosh, what kind of sin are they in? They need mercy. (laughs) But that's such an immature view of God's mercy, and it's a really immature view of who God is. We need God's mercy. We need God's mercy in our lives. My little grandson is 11 months old. I have already prayed many times as I hold him, God have mercy on Henry's life. We need the mercy of God. Pray that for your children. I pray that the favor of God would go before my kids. If you know anything about the favor of God, it is amazing. The favor of God can last a life. We have not because we ask not. Favor will open doors. It will bring relationships. Favor does things we can never do. But man, if we pray for God's favor, he will give it to us. And my children walk in the favor of God. They do. And then I bind up the lies of the enemy. And again, parents of little kids, I'm sorry to tell you, but the devil will lie to your little children too. Pray this for life. Bind up the lies of the enemy and release the truth of the Holy Spirit over your children's hearts and your minds. Stand in the place of the power and the authority that God has given you, that he has appointed you. And lastly, I ask the Lord, and this is one I think especially through the teenage years, I ask the Lord to draw my children to my husband and I. As they're teens, they're supposed to be separating from you a little bit. So that's like a healthy and a good thing. But their hearts aren't supposed to separate from you. I always want my children's heart that they would be connected to me. And especially when your children are still in your home and they're at that age, you are still representing God to them. You're still shepherding them. And you can't shepherd somebody that doesn't want to be drawn into you. Pray that God would draw your children to your heart. He'll do it. He will do it. And the best thing that you can pray for your children, I don't have a slide for this one, is if you will hear the right now word of God. What do they need right now, God? 
And how can I pray that? Because that, that's that rhema word. It becomes alive. And I wish I had time I could share a testimony. But man, it's like when you partner with what heaven is saying in that moment, it's, the power is incredible because you're just partnering with God and Jesus' intercession that he's making for your children. So moms, I want to bless you today. I want you to know that you have power in your voice. Don't let the usurper take it from you. Speak with authority. We have to know who we are so we can tell them who they are. Man, I'm telling you, and I know how it is when your kids are little, because sometimes you're like, what, what, how can I spend time with Jesus? You'll do what you're desperate for. And if parenting, well, I'm going to say this, but if parenting is really that important to you, it's the most important thing that you can do more than anything is for you to spend time with God so that you can impart to your children the presence of God, the power of God, the life of God through you. Do it. Moms, I bless you today. I bless you. Being a mom is not easy, but we got God on our side. So we can do all things through Jesus who gives the strength. We have the power of heaven. So today, God, I thank you for motherhood. I thank you for the beauty that it is and the privilege that you have given us, God, as women. We honor you today, Father, as the perfect parent, and we look to you and we say that you are good. All of your ways are good. We thank you for your faithfulness, God, and I bless each one here today. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to Southview Church. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multicultural, multi-generational, Holy Spirit-filled and led community. We believe that who the Son sets free is truly free. If you would like to connect with us further, check us out at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.